Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. This is our podcast for week two in 2016 and with us is Dr. Schroeder from Discoculia Services, the founder, and she's here with us to... Uh, Go over the news uh, links that we've published on our website, discoculiaheadlines.com, this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Hi, good morning. How are you? Welcome in our spacious Katy, Texas studios. Uh, it sounds a little bit different because we've uh, had to move location for the uh, recording of the podcast. But let's just dive in immediately. Um, here I see the uh, the first link that we have is, what does new math mean for children with discoculia? What can we learn there? Well, um, the old way uh, has always been really hard for students with special needs. And the challenge will now be for uh, regular education teachers in uh, state uh, curriculum to move at a pace that makes sense for the entire class, not only for the quick students. Okay. Um, so it links to a website from the Learning Success blog. And there they show us uh, a picture of how that looks. And, and they say that today parents are struggling to understand why we need new math. Why do we need new math? Well, actually, this is no new math. This is what we should have learned all the way uh, for all those years because it goes into different strategies and being more creative with numbers and actually develop number sense. What we have done in the U.S. for several years is mistaking one specific way of a um, algorithm as the only math. Mm. And that has narrowed down uh, the abilities of generations. And those people are now adults and have to help their students, their, their children, with a more uh, in-depth uh, method of learning mathematics that teaches them all those different strategies where those parents were only um, uh, taught one specific um, strategy, uh, one specific algorithm okay. that was um, supposed to be the easiest one. But that was a, a quite a shallow uh, education. Okay. So I do understand that several parents now uh, really struggle while the, uh, <laughs> With the new math, math, yeah. math is more in-depth. It's, <laughs> it's more creative and it learns the kids more strategies that the parents unfortunately uh have not learned have not learned yes well then let's look at uh, the next link uh, that we have so that's interesting the new math our next link goes to math and statistics anxiety i've heard about math anxiety i've never heard about statistics anxiety well, is, I is that think, a thing? <laughs> I think it goes hand in hand, and uh, let's just make sure that math anxiety is real. You can see different blood flow and different activity in the brain of uh, at uh, functional MRI uh, pictures of students who have compared to students who do not have math anxiety. Okay, so it is actually a, a medically proven condition of the body. Uh, math anxiety. It's not just a psychological state of the child. No. 
and it um, it really affects students if they have to uh, pass a math or statistics test and um, uh, this came up as part of a conference in Glasgow uh, of the first international mathematics uh, education conference very interesting mm -hmm. and uh, they actually show us that um, low confidence in math is inversely related with anxiety so low confidence is coupled with high, high anxiety, anxiety. Okay. not necessarily with low ability so it's something that relates to a previous experience those kids have had maybe they have been trained with math minutes to, uh, for considerable time or they have been using flashcards that was um, difficult for them or they have experienced other embarrassments in math uh, that still uh, are very lively memories uh, and, and it really affects them when they have to do a test so they also describe uh, mathematics uh, support centers with distant learning and with online collaboration between students who um, make the transition from high school to mm -hmm. college and uh, for those students who have a, a visual uh, disability or even are blind there is uh, auditory feedback in those um, uh, assistance uh, website so okay. it's a very good so development helps. to help students pass their math uh, requirement in college okay good good now uh, our next link goes to discoculia and the how do you pronounce that the Erlen syndrome what is the Erlen syndrome well the Erlen syndrome is an issue with uh, visual processing and uh, students who have this uh, issue uh, get tired really quickly from the visual input and particularly visual input that has glare or that has a lot of black and white contrast so if you can diminish the contrast uh, level by maybe putting a uh, slightly yellow overlay over the pages taking away both the glare and the uh, extreme contrast mm -hmm their um, visual input is easier to manage and they don't get tired and exhausted from doing um, book work so and, quickly and so is it is it related to dyscalculia well you can you have students with dyscalculia who have the Erlen syndrome and those who do not it's a different issue that resides in a different part of the brain oh okay okay so and you cannot um, help students with dyscalculia just by giving them colored overlays. Oh, okay, and I, and I guess the point of the blog post here is that they're saying here uh, it's the same level of awareness of dyscalculia and the Erlen syndrome, like, you know, they need to promote it as much as they do dyslexia to get more awareness also for that uh, Erlen uh, Absolutely, syndrome. I agree, and uh, Mrs. Hill in this uh, link very clearly describes her issues uh, well into adult life of untreated dyscalculia which highlights our idea that you need to screen for this early and actually uh, provide help and treatment as early as possible. We're talking with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Dyscalculia Services and we're looking at the links that we've published on our uh, website dyscalculiaheadlines.com 
Now, the next link uh, has the heading, Don't Let Your Child Finger Count. I thought that's how all the children start with their uh, with their early mathematics. Uh. Uh, yes, I agree, absolutely. Finger counting is a, is a very good start, and uh, what they start uh, show in this link is also uh, an interesting um, movie with um, Japanese students who use an abacus and also use um, movement of their fingers and have a very quick um, result for difficult math questions. Okay. Well, there are good and bad things about finger counting. First of all, um, when kids are pressured to go to a harder uh, level of math, like going into calculations till 20, before they really... <laughs> you run out of fingers. <laughs> you run out of fingers and um, you start making more mistakes. It's right. getting a little bit slower. Right. And certainly when the math is getting more complex in like second and third grade, it would be much better when those students would have made a transition to use larger patterns and groups in math so that they could count by twos and fives. Yeah. Uh, see doubles, doubles in one, doubles in two, and uh, not only have to work with the, the most simplest pattern, which is the pattern of one. If you give them manipulatives, if you give them number lines, you help them make the transition from only thinking in ones, which is one of the hallmarks of dyscalculia, into thinking in patterns. And we know that students who perform well in mathematics always use patterns okay so okay so this is the encouragement to get them over their finger counting although every child starts with that very good our, our last link for the week is about parents coloring the math symbols these are parents here that are trying to help their children how about that yes we're talking here about uh, parents who help their children who have a uh, math disability and I can tell you it is immensely frustrating to help your child both it's frustrating for the child and for the helping parent uh, because usually those students have not been diagnosed so the parents do not know that those students need a different approach okay and unfortunately still a lot of adults assume that the child is not trying hard enough but <laughs> actually yes. Um, linking to the previous uh, link, those students are usually only uh, using counting strategies, which is a simple strategy, is not very effective, and takes much more effort of your brain and gives them much more chance to make a mistake. So basically, um, uh, color coding, math symbols, anything that makes it a little bit easier for them is a good thing. Um, I do want to make a little remark here that um, it's stated on this link that dyscalculia is typically related to traumatic um, events, and I do not really agree with that. I think most of the students who have dyscalculia are actually born, born with it. Born with it, right. Okay. Okay. But coloring the math symbols, as long as it helps them, that's, uh, that's a good strategy. Absolutely. Right. Well, those were all the links for this week. Thank you very much for swinging by in our spacious studios here, and until the next week. Thank you so much. 
Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.